Dennis Beard Ministries, DBM, coming to you live through the SealingGodsPeople.org. That's right, God's sealing his people now with the ones uh, that are, have a mind seeking God, uh, asking to be given you, seeking you shall find, knocking to be open unto you. The ones that are seeking the kingdom of God, for it's God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That's right, neighbor. God, in present truth, is sealing his people now. Well, welcome to the Sealing God's People broadcast. Brought to you by yours truly, Dennis Beard, Dennis Beard Ministries. That is DennisBeard.org. Visit us there or SealingGodsPeople.org. We're talking about the present truth in the Word of God. That were the present truth sealing God's people coming from the throne of God. The present truth walking in the light as he's in the light. Well, neighbor, we'll get into the broadcast today. There, call somebody. Tell them we've got the podcast on. Join us right here as we're talking about the present truth in sealing God's people. Let's talk about the church today. Where is the church at? The ecclesia, the called out ones. We have many that will say, well, the book of Acts, we see all these miracles. Divers' miracles, signs, wonders, and gifts of the Holy Ghost that we see in the book of Acts in the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost. But we don't see those kind of miracles today. We find that many years ago, I remember 20, 30 years ago, preaching revivals in various uh, uh, cities, towns, that even in a small town you might run four to six weeks every night in a revival. But those days are just about gone, neighbor. If if you have a revival, it generally runs only four nights. If it goes over that, they'll have a rest night or two in the church. Now, nothing against any denomination, nothing against any people. Because we have fallen into a lackadaisical, asleep mode in the church. But it's time to awake. And God will do a great awakening with a shaking again in the present truth. And that is sealing the servants of God in their foreheads. This is the present truth on the 19th of January. 2019, the Lord visited us right there in Transmara, Kilgoris, Kenya, Africa. We had just been preaching four hours in a marvelous church of the Maasai tribe. And as we come out uh, of a small church on the top of a hill in the Maasai tribe, they're dressed in their colors and their tribal attire. I come across a ditch going back onto the main road in the city. And as I did, the Holy Ghost hit me. And then during that time, the Lord visited and said, Seal my people by my word. Even as the angel is sending out the east, having the seal of the living God, so send by you. That literally shook us at the very core. That God is now This new thing is at the door. Many have wondered, what is the present truth in the Word of God? Is it a pre-tribulation rapture? Is it a mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture? 
Some say it doesn't make any difference. Just be ready when he comes. But yet we find in the word of God, Amos 9, verse 9, that there's a ceiling going on among the nations, not the least grain will fall to the ground. Well, what's a sifting? The sifting from the righteous, from the wicked, the holy, from the profane. Those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. How does he sift us? Well, he sifts us among the nations. And not that least grain will fall to the ground. God will not lose any that are his. But we find in Amos 9, verse 10, the very next verse, it said, but I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. Oh, my friend, notice it says, God said, I will destroy my people, not the world, not the ones in Mr. Babylon, but his own people, because they have missed the mark. They are not led of the Holy Ghost. That is uh, what we find in iniquity. Sin is, uh, is a transgression of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it's sin. But now iniquity is where we miss the mark. We're not being led of the Holy Ghost. We're not walking in the light as he's in the light. That's iniquity. And that iniquity is so essential for standing in present truth because a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. We find in Judas Iscariot, there a man of the world that we find him trying to force the kingdom of God into the earth. And as he does so, he being him the bag uh, that he is the treasurer for the apostles. And uh, he goes and he tells him and portrays the Lord Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Well, 30 is the price for mud bloody, blood money. It is uh, the number of blood. 30, there being blood money, 30 pieces of silver that he was uh, purchased for. There the Lord gave his life. 30 is also the number of the man-child. It is the birth. It's the cross. It is the new thing. When we find that that it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That ark was 30 cubits. It's 30 cubits deep. It's 300 cubits long. 30 cubit depth is the cross, the blood of Jesus. That is what makes that whole ark float during the times of great tribulation. 300 cubits long is the number of the man-child manifest in the earth. 50 cubits wide on Noah's ark is the work of the Holy Ghost. There in the last days, we are warned of an apostasy, of a falling away. In 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 It says, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, having their conscience here with a hot arm, forbidding to marry and abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. What are these strange doctrines, these divers doctrines that that they'll bring in? Seducing spirits that they seduce, it seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Prosperity, no cross, a crossless Christianity. 
we find that the Lord has warned of this in the last days. We are seeing that the present truth, that we must walk in the light as he is in the light. Jesus is in that light. And then we have fellowship one with another. That fellowship is blood flow. The body of Christ must come together. And as we come together, there, there's blood flow through the members. We have fellowship one with another. That is so necessary. And it said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a matter of some is. And so much the more as you see that day approaching, the day of the Lord. Why? Because that strength in numbers, the body of Christ in the unity of the faith can stand against all the wiles of Satan. We find in Matthew in the, in the 24th chapter and Luke uh, 10 and Luke 21, as well as Mark 13, that he talks about a time that you would be hated of all nations. And because iniquity shall abound, missing that mark, not walking in the light as he's in the light, that the love of many will, uh, will, wax, uh, uh, will wax and fall away from the faith uh, simply because, simply because of the hatred against the saints of God. He said you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And because iniquity is shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. And we're finding that in the church now. Many ministers are falling away because of the spirits that are having to be fought today in the church world and prosperity being the message that has taken the forefront in the church. Prosperity, that if you give God a dollar, he'll give you ten. If you give God a thousand, he'll give you ten thousand. As if it's a glorified bank. But that is just not the case. Jesus said that you're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. He said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. In 1 Corinthians there, we find uh, that uh, as uh, you're partakers of the sufferings of Christ, then you'll also be partakers of the consolation. 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. We must be partakers of his sufferings. For if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. And those sufferings there, that we are made comparable to Jesus' death. For we which live are always delivered unto death, that the life of the Lord Jesus may be made manifest in our mortal bodies. Therefore, it's a crucified life. Paul said, I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, and who loved me and gave himself for me. It is to crucify the affections and the lust for those that are Christ, that belong to Christ. They have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. They set their affections on the things above, not on the things beneath. And he said, the love of many will wax cold. And uh, this iniquity abounding in the last days. Not sin so much as iniquity. Iniquity is we're missing the mark. We're not walking in the light as he is in the light. And because we don't, then the blood of Jesus will not continually cleanse us because of the iniquity. You see, neighbor, in 1 John 1 verse 7, it says, uh, 
If we walk in the light as he's in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It's a present, past, and future cleansing as long as we're walking in the light, a heart toward God. But we find in Romans 1 that Paul talking to the church at Rome says that because uh, they profess, profess themselves to be wise, they become fools. Because they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, he turned them over to a reprobate mind because they were unthankful, unholy. And they became vain in their imaginations. This is uh, the imagery of the heart that you see uh, there in Ezekiel, the 8th and the ninth chapter. And he says, Ezekiel, see what these priests do in their, in their chambers, in their imagery, their imaginations. For they say, the Lord seeth not. They turn their back on God and their face is toward the sun. That's toward the world, through the things of the world. That is houses, lands, cars, and prosperity. None picking up his cross and following Jesus. Jesus said, if any man come after me, let him first deny himself. Pick up his cross and follow me. We'll see there in the last days, just as Paul, talking there in 1 Timothy 4.1, that in the latter days some will depart from the faith. Because this iniquity is abounding. The love of many is waxing cold. And we wonder why this is coming upon the earth. We find it, Paul also, there in Timothy, talks about in the second Timothy, that third chapter. And I'll read it there. And neighbor you and I, let's see how this applies to us in these last days. It's very simple. Paul said... This know also that in the last days, these days, we've been in the last days, and very few Christians will tell and say that we're not in the last of the last days. Most all believe that we are in the last days, and the coming of Jesus draweth nigh. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Almost all will agree to that. But then, what is it? Why is this happening? What are the signs of the times? Well, Paul said it in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. This know, let us all know, that in the last days, perilous times shall come, dangerous times. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, and he goes on. I remember that back in the days where I was being raised in a little small town in Kilgore, Texas, that if you disobeyed your parents, well, they took out a belt and they put it and applied it to the backside. And then after it was over, then that rod, the rod was not spared and therefore the child was not spoiled. And you were not disobedient to your parents. You said, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. But we find now that it's time out. There's no sparing. There's no rod. Uh, beating he that loveth his child, beating him beat times, uh, and not spares for their crying, but not in uh, anger and provoking them unto wrath, but as a correction, training up the child in the way they should go. And uh, when they're older, they will not depart from it. We have left biblical principles, and because of that, we're reaping what we sow. 
So God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, the world calls that what goes around comes around. And it's true. Well, we find that covetous, covetous people, coveting this, wanting things of the world, desiring what their neighbor has. He has a new car. They feel they've got to keep up with the Joneses. These are very elementary uh, things that the world seeks after. And Jesus said, I know that you have need of these things. Uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added to you. We are to keep our heart focused upon the main thing, and that is Jesus. Doing his will, obeying his commandments, preferring your brother among yourself, condescending to men of low estates, loving the Lord with all your hearts, heart, soul, and mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, doing to others as you would have them do unto you. But we don't find that today. In today's society, I think everyone will agree that the church uh, has grown cold, just as Jesus said it would, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. We find this, that they're without natural affection. Truce breakers. Well, now, used to, uh, a man's shake. If he shook hands with you and you agreed on the thing, a handshake was all you needed, because a man's word was his bond. Today, you better get it in writing, and you better have it notarized, and have the attorney file it. Why? Because there's truce makers, and they're heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. More people will spend money on boats, lake houses, golf, uh, all the different sports uh, that we have, football, basketball, baseball, track, all of this soccer going around the world, but very few have that, that uh, uh, want and that, that seeking God above these things. They put that second. Well, I go to church and I'm there Sunday, uh, there for uh, an hour of singing, 30 minutes or so, or an hour of preaching, and that's all. But we find that Paul and Zotus, well, he preached all night long because there was a love for the Word of God. And I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because they loved the Word of God. Not we love singing, we love to worship God, but we must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The truth of the Word was the most important thing. Even in the book of Acts when we had uh, the Grecian women, because their tables were not being waited upon, uh, complained. And they sought out, seven men full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and because Peter and John had said, it's not meet for us to, to leave the word of God and fasting and the reading of the word of God daily and wait upon women's tables. So they sought out seven men of good report full of the Holy Ghost to wait upon these tables. Why? For they would continually give themselves to the word of God and prayer. Well, we need that today. We need that today, and we're seeing that love has gone cold. The how has the gold become dim? We see more that they're traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of these pleasures more than lovers of God. They have a form of godliness. They go to church. They say amen. It's a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. What power? The power of the Holy Ghost. 
the power of healing the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, casting out devils, opening blind eyes, loose the dumb thumb, the lame walk, the captive going free, seeing the power of God move. And very few have seen the power of God in this present generation. They've heard about it, but very few have seen miracles. Very few, very few have seen blind eyes open. A deaf mute speaking here. And we see this all throughout the, the, the nominal church world. And we wonder why. Well, God hasn't changed. We have. We're finding ourselves in a state of love waxing cold. That many have gone after their pernicious ways, seeking their own things. And this, there are which creep into houses, and they lead silly captive women laden with their sins, led away with divers lust, ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, somebody said, well, you're against the church world, Brother Beard. Uh, don't you think God's always had a church? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it because it's built upon the rock. Yes, but in Deuteronomy 32, their rock is not our rock. There is a true revelation of Christ. There is a shaking that is going on now, and very few are listening. If you have an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He is sealing his people now, just as he did in the days of Noah, when Noah was building and preparing the ark. It was then after that Noah had entered into the ark that God shut the door. He sealed that door because they were about to go through a time of great flood, a time of trouble. The same thing Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of Son of Man. We're finding that that sealing is going to be essential for the body of Christ to stand in the last days. We're talking about uh, the present state of the church, ever learning but never ever come to the knowledge of the truth, that they have turned after the ways of the world. The church has gotten worldly. The world's gotten churchy. And we wonder where where is the power. We, we find that Jesus speaks about that in the book of the Revelation, in the different churches, in the seven churches of Asia, he speaks to the church at Ephesus, and he says, repent and do your first works over. Why? Because uh, you've lost your first love. You've left your first love. That first love, that, that uh, time that God was more important in your life than anything. You were excited uh, about going to church. You wanted to hear all you could about the Word of God and uh, the growth of and you were just uh, as a child that couldn't get enough of the truth. But then as we get older, then we think, well, don't be a fanatic. You need to kind of cool it. Uh, just kind of uh, you're getting beside yourself. And this is what we find ourselves in now. Neighbor, there's a great shaking at the door. God is moving now for those that have an ear to hear. Right now he's speaking of sealing his servants uh, in their forehead. This is the mind of Christ. This is where we're at right now. We don't want to be as the Ephesus church that we've left our first love. And all the seven churches in Ephesus, Smyrna, 
Pergamos, Thyatira, every one he had something against. Uh, they suffered that woman Jezebel. Uh, there, and he tells each one there that repent and do your first works over. Repent, repent, and turn back to the word of God. Notice that in, when he's talking to that hidden manna, in Revelation 2, there's a church, uh, and we go to the Pergamum, and uh, the Pergamus where Satan's seat is. Well, why would Satan's seat be in Pergamus? Because he sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Not a literal temple, but it's naos. That naos is the Greek word for the spiritual temple of God, which temple we are. We allow the world to get in there, and we find that in the last days, that Satan setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, come against all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God, we have something in lieu of God. We have something in lieu of Christ. It's an anti-Christ, something in lieu of Christ. So we're talking about a time of coming back to God in this present truth in the sealing of the saints. What is that sealing? It is the mind of Christ to get us prepared for those things that are coming upon the face of the earth to try the earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. The devil's coming down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has but a short time. There's three other trumpets. Lamentation, mourning, and woe, 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 woe in the last three trumpets yet to sound to the inhabitants of the earth. That is so necessary why we, we and the body of Christ and the members in particular must be sealed. We have to hear for this time. For those that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He goes on and says to him that overcometh, that overcometh the world, overcometh that wicked one, will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Now, that hidden manna is something that was put in the manna, the tables of stone, and Aaron's rod that budded were placed inside the Ark of the Covenant. That's called the testimony. But in the last days, the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy because that is open to us. The hidden manna is now being eaten. It's given to the body of Christ. The hidden manna. And I give you a new stone when there is a new name written, it's a white stone. That's the righteousness of the saints. And in the stone, in that name, in that stone, that rock, which is Christ, there's a new name written. That new, new name, new is kainos. It's a Greek word meaning something that's never, ever been done before. It's a new thing. It's not revival, friend. Where somebody said, we're going back to Azusa Street. No, Azusa Street happened. Thank God for it. Uh, Pentecost happened in Acts of Second Chapter. We have many awakenings uh, uh, there, and he's caused to come down rains, uh, but now he's going to cause to come down the latter rains. Zechariah 10, 1, ask you of you of the rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make bright, bright clouds, send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. Amos 7 says this is a time of the latter growth after the king's mowings. Why? 
everything that is ease in Zion. He said, well, be to them that are at ease in Zion. I'll search Jerusalem with candles and punish all them that are settled on their lees. God's going to shake it. And they're shaking one more time. And then Hebrews 12, the Lord hath promised he will not shake the earth only, but also heaven. That those things that can be shaken may be removed as the things that are man-made. So that the things cannot be shaken may remain. There is a remnant, the, the ones that remain, a remnant of the church, uh, a remnant of her seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, saying then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace where we have, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. In Isaiah 28, it talks about this consuming fire, this consumption decreed upon all the inhabitants of the land. We're preparing the body of Christ. God is preparing the body of Christ now by his word that they'll prepare to meet thy God. They'll be sealed before the last three woe, woe, woe trumpets, uh, the woe trumpets of God of lamentation, mourning, and woe, that they'll be able to stand uh, during this time of great tribulation. For those that have an ear to hear, he says there that as it was in the days of Noah, that they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and God shut the door. He sealed that door. He's going to seal you, neighbor, just the same in the body of Christ that he did in the days of Noah. The water prevailed uh, there for 150 days, five months, uh, it says in the book of Genesis. In Revelation, the ninth chapter, in that fifth trumpet, it talks about the abyss being opened, uh, and that is the fifth, sixth, and seventh trumpet. Woe, woe, woe. The last three trumpets of the woe trumpets there upon the earth. And he said that there by the space of five months or 150 days that the locusts that have power, the stings in their tails will torment men that do not have the seal of the living God in their foreheads. The ones that do not have the seal will be tormented by these locusts as it was in the days of Noah, five months, same way, 150 days, the same as it is in the Revelation 9, in the fifth trumpet, in that woe trumpet, that do not have the seal of the living God. It is so essential that we hear for this time to come. We find also that he talks about uh, that new stone, that that white stone, a new name written. It's not another name of Jesus. There's no other name, not in this world, neither in the world to come, than the name of Jesus. But it's a greater revelation of that name. And then we go to Sardius and uh, uh, Philadelphia and Laodicea. We're, we're seeing in the various churches, there's only one church, the Philadelphian church of brotherly love, that Jesus does not have a rebuke there for them. Only the church of Philadelphia. We find in Laodicea much the way we see today. And he said, because you say I'm rich and increased with goods, you're in the prosperity plan. You say you have need of nothing. You've got all that you need to know in God. There's not a higher glory. And you don't know that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And God is now telling us 
to buy of him gold tried in the fire, thou, that, that we may be rich, that we may be clothed, that the shame of our nakedness does not appear. It's to the point God says, I would you were hot or cold and not lukewarm. We find the church being lukewarm. We're happy with just a little hour of preaching one day a week, and that's it. And we go to a little prophecy conference to get somebody to prophesy over us. That's not what God is looking for. He's looking for the man that's broken and contrite, and they're uh, of a humble spirit, uh, and that are that is seeking God with the whole heart, and not with this with his lips, uh, you draw close to me, but your heart is fall away. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? The ceiling is real. It's now. It's knowing those things that are coming upon the earth. Uh, we find there that God will do this work, his strange work, and to bring to pass his act, his strange act. It has surprised the hypocrite. Why? Because they went to church. They thought they had all that they needed. They did not know there was a higher glory caught up to God and to his throne in the man-child. They didn't know there was one more sealing. They've been sealed according to the birth. Yes, that after you received the word of God, uh, uh, that you were sealed uh, uh, with that seal of righteousness, sealed by the Holy Ghost until the day of redemption. But then there's another sealing of uh, the work, uh, doing an obedience. Uh, there in Romans 6, it says, Whosoever you yield your members of servants to obey, him are the servants to whom you obey. And that is uh, whether unto sin, unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness, then yielding unto holiness. That's where without holiness of by which no man shall see God. We are at that point. We have to stir ourselves to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches in the present throne room, revelation of Jesus Christ. We're at the ceiling now, neighbor. That's what God is doing now. We must stir ourselves up. There, Jesus warned that 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 ceiling there, ceiling the service of God in their forehead. There, I would you were hot, I would you were cold, but because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, uh, we must be on fire with God, uh, for God, in him, through him, and by him in order to stand uh, during the time of tribulation, just as it was in the days of Noah. We find uh, that there are, Paul said, I think there's divisions among you, different churches. There's so many, so many hundreds, even thousands of different denominations in the earth. All profess that they know Jesus. All profess that they love God, uh, but we find uh, division. We find chisms. We find uh, that this one believes they're right and the others are wrong. And there's do discord among the brethren. We find some even trying to destroy the other organizations uh, because they don't believe the way they do. And this is uh, not pleasing to the Lord. The Lord is not pleased with it at all. And we think, well, he's just a happy camper. The Lord is, is, is happy with everything going on, and he's not. And we find there that Paul said there'd be divisions among you to the church at Corinth. And he said, I partly believe this. And there be heresies among you. Heresies are denominations. If Paul had written, there be denominations among you, and I partly believe that that he that is approved among you 
may be made manifest. Not approved of God, approved of man. We find the preachers that we want, the ones that tickle us with uh, uh, a, an easy gospel. Chicken dinners and ice cream suppers, and they tickle their ears, meaning they say the easy things that you want to hear. No one's lift up, spare, not show their people their sin. If we're not walking in the light, as he's in the light, and we don't have fellowship one with another, then the blood flow stops and that member will die. We got to go on, not just little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and you've known the Father. Not just young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one, but you've got to come to full-grown maturity, fathers. Though you have many instructors and you have many teachers, yet you have not many fathers. This, in the last days in the ministry of Elijah, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers. So important that God said, lest, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. This is so essential. To please God and hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. Enter down to the joy of the Lord. Paul said uh, that there be heresies among you. If he'd have written denominations, then the devil would have heresies out there. But he said heresies. Now, so therefore, we have denominations throughout the world. There, God never sanctioned a denomination. Never has, never will. It is a division or a heresy or a denomination in the body of Christ. Neighbor, if you have different denominations in your billfold, in your dollar bills, well, you have a denomination of a $1 bill. Then there's another denomination of a $5 bill. There's another denomination of a $10 bill and of a $20 bill and a $50 bill and a $100 bill. These are different denominations. Well, there, God does not want any denominations. He wants us saying the same thing, speaking the same mind, uh, and being of one mind and one accord in the unity of the faith. So the sealing will bring in the unity, the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God, and that knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko. It's not just knowing him, not after the flesh, but after the spirit, but it is epigonosco. That epi is a higher higher glory, higher knowledge. It means you've come to what? To the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man. You have come to the image of Jesus Christ and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's your Ephesians 4.11, what we're all called for. And God is doing that now, and the sealing will be the fruit of it, the those that have an ear to hear. And he said uh, there in that sealing, that there's one more sealing, not according to birth. You've already been sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise into the day of redemption. If we follow on to know the Lord. Number two, now we do the will of God. That after uh, you've done the will of God, you have need of patience. You're going to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, uh, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Now, charity is when that which is perfect has come. Charity is not just love. It's a love of God based in his word, doing his will. There's a difference in love and charity. Charity is doing the will of God. Because you love God, you keep his commandments, and you do his will. If any man goes to hell, it'll be because he did not do 
the will of God. Therefore, it's God that worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. We must find that will of God for our lives and do it in each individual member, in particular of the body of Christ. Every member has its job to do, and no other member can do that job for that except that member in particular and God has put that body together and fitly framed it as he as he wills there and he is the one that has built that temple the Lord God there in the right in these last days are calling us to that final sealing that final sealing is in the forehead the first sealing was that according to birth. The second sealing was that of uh, young men. You've done the will of God. The word of God's strong in you. You've overcome the wicked one. But then the final sealing is that of fathers. It's sealed in the forehead. It's not on the forehead. It's in the forehead. It is the mind of Christ that is essential to be able to stand against the woes of Satan in the last days. This is so important that we realize that the church is to come out and be separate and touch not the unclean thing. It's not to go along with the worldly church. And just as Paul preaching there, being long time preaching, and he said, there's more to come. He said, I wish I would, I would that I was, I was already perfect, but I have not already perfect, neither have I already attained. Paul himself said that in the book of Philippi, and there, uh, when he was in that church uh, there in Philippi, that uh, he said, I'm not already perfect, neither have I already attained, but I'm trying reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Christ. I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, what is he saying? There's many as be perfect, be thus minded. There's the mind of Christ that we must have. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. Paul's desire was to perfect that which is lacking in any part of the member of Christ, that God would perfect that which is lacking in any of us. We are to go on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Paul's desire was pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Our desire should be the same, and as many as be perfect, be thus minded. It's the mind of Christ that's the pressing toward the mark. That mark is not the aloft. It's not the A. It's not the alpha. It is the Z. It's the omega. It's the tav. It's overcoming to the end. And neighbor, that's where we're at right now, pressing toward the mark. That's the tab, overcoming to the end. And there's a higher glory to be revealed in that little book. That little book is not the whole Bible, the Bibliaridian. It's that little book in the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a consummation of all things in all seven feasts of the Lord. There's never been a generation that took in the Old Testament or New that's been through Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Feast of Weeks, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. In the Old Testament, they came out of Egypt, 
and with the Feast of Passover. The Paschal Lamb kept up for four days, a male of the first year without spot or without blemish. Keep him up four days, roasting all night long. Eat all of it in the morning you're going out. Then, 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 three days later, they find themselves at the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. That's, that was the, the Passover. Then the unleavened bread at the Red Sea, the Red Sea. And then they passed over uh, that Red Sea into the wilderness. That's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is the repentance, uh, baptism in the name of Jesus, raised to the newness of life. There, the old Egypt was, uh, they came out of Egypt. They had made their exodus. Now you passed over that Red Sea, the Reed Sea. You have partaken of three feasts. Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. But then you go 50 days later, seven weeks, and on the morrow, from first fruits, you will find yourself at the Feast of Weeks or Shabbat, Pentecost. That Sinai, Mount Horeb, the, that mountain burned with fire as the Lord descended upon Mount Sinai. Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. At that time, they received their Pentecost. Uh, the tables of stone, the Pentateuch was given to Moses. And then uh, they still lacked three more feasts. But they, the ones, uh, when they would come over to Kadesh Barnea to go across Jordan, we found that 10 of the spies said we're not able to take the land for we're nothing but grasshoppers. Only Joshua and Caleb, the two witnesses, said we're well able to take the land. Well, because they did not believe God, they had to turn back around. They did not complete and experience the last three feasts, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. They went back into the wilderness for 40 years. You know exactly what happened. Then Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, it's the second law given again, and God said, the generation that said that you will not pass over and go over Jordan River and possess the land, those will die, and your children that said would not be able to, those will go over Jordan. Well, they went over, they received circumcision, and they went over, but they had only partaken of the Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Tabernacles. They did not, they did not see Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and uh, uh, Pentecost on their Mount Sinai. Well, there's never been a generation ever that has partaken of all seven feasts in the three seasons of God. There, in the last days, there will be a people, and it's in the book of the Revelation, that they will have that lamb slain from the foundation of the world. He's able to open the seals of the book, and those seals will be sealed in the forehead of the saints of God that we'll get into the discussion on who these living creatures are. What is this unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ? Who are they? What is this work of the ministry they're called for? And what does it entail to get there? What does it entail to obtain that work of the ministry that we are all called for in Ephesians 4, 11? That is where we are now, neighbor. Tune in. Tune in to is sealinggodspeople.org. Seal into the, uh, tune into the podcast, uh, sealinggodspeople.org. There, God is calling his people out right now to enter in. You can also check us out, dennisbeard.org. That's D-E-N-N-I-S, 
B-E-A-R-D.org, where our website is, and the podcast ceiling, that's S-E-A-L-I-N-G, God's, G-O-D-S, people.org, and we are talking about the present flowing truth from the throne of God, where God is now moving his people into the last day, move of God in the work of the ministry. You'll hear what it takes to be in this work of the ministry to obtain that white stone where it is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. God's revealing it now. The deep things which are revealed by the Spirit of God. Don't miss out. Tune in. Write to us. Dennis Spirit, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. Tune in daily to the ceiling. Godspeople.org podcast where you will hear new things and new things. The Kainos, the new things that God is doing, a new thing in the earth. There a woman shall come as a man. The work of the ministry. There to the unity of the faith. That to the knowledge of the Son of God. They're what we are called for. God's moving it now for those that have an ear to hear. Don't miss out. Give us a call. 903-903-746-4885. That's right. Right to me, Dennis Beard. Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas. Zip code 75606. Give me a call. That is 903 area code 746-4885. Visit us on our website, DennisBeard.org. There you'll see all the nations there, Africa, India, Pakistan, Nepal. We're going to those nations. But God's calling us right here in America to this great work, the work of the ministry. Don't miss out there. Tune in today. Right there on the podcast. Sealing God's people.org. Till then. Behold the real Jesus.